Hey, and welcome to the Dying to Ask podcast. It is really rare these days that I meet somebody my age or younger who is not on social media. In fact, I can probably only think of a handful of times that it's actually happened here in the last few years. But when I do meet somebody who says that they're not on Facebook or Instagram, I always want to know why, like, why? And I'm always kind of jealous, to be honest. And usually the answer is the same thing. I don't want my attention monopolized, just not interested. And that person usually has a pretty good story about what they do do with their time, like cool hobby or, um, or they're really creative. They do something creative for a living. The thing is, it is really hard to not be on social media at all. Like in some cases it's impossible. Your feed is basically an extension of your resume. In some cases it could be your resume, especially if you are a creative type, it might've actually replaced it. People will look at your Instagram or your social media, maybe your TikTok to find out how you think and how you produce and um, how you have grown over the years, which is kind of a weird thing to think about. So I was pretty fascinated to find out after not hearing from my sister for like a month that she had been fasting from social media. My sister is a lawyer slash part-time blogger and influencer, and she started writing about legal stuff a few years ago, segued into writing about mom life and then just life in general. She was on the podcast back in January of 2020 because she went um, viral with an article that she wrote about why most of the stuff you own in your house is worthless. People were really into that episode. Her latest article that she's written about is called Four Things I Learned on a 30-Day Media Detox. It's fascinating <laughs> and a little horrifying, but mainly fascinating. Like, it's going to give you some things to think about. So on this time to ask why we should reevaluate our relationship with social media, what my sister Siobhan gained when she deleted Instagram and all the other social media platforms, what she lost when she did it, and there was a loss for sure, some techniques to reduce how much time you're on social media, and maybe why it's impossible to really cut the strings for good. Why maybe it wouldn't be good for you to do something like that. Siobhan Fitzpatrick Craddeville is my guest on This Dying to Ask. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I thought I had seen and covered it all. Then came coronavirus, a pandemic, anchoring in my living room, homeschooling my kids, and all the things that come with COVID, including a vaccine. It was supposed to get us all back on track and living our best Instagrammable lives. Best lives-ish. The reality is we're still untangling what life looks like in a world post-pandemic. A lot of people describe a sense of never-ending overwhelm and anxiety. Is that just what life is like now? Or are there ways we can get back to living in the now? And this season of the Dying Desk Podcast is asking how we can hit the restart and start living again. Well, back by popular demand, my family, my sister, Siobhan, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Um, I say by popular demand because the episode that I did with you back in January of 2020, the before times, like literally before the world blew up, I'm not yes. saying there's any connection or anything, was one of the most popular episodes we ever did. And I, it was the episode where we talked about um, an article you had written that had gone viral about why the stuff in your house is worth nothing and why you should pare down your life. Okay. <laughs> People really reacted to that. Yes. And then of course, you know, the world shut down and we started really looking at our houses in a totally different way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so a couple of things that have nothing to do with why we're here today. Have you watched Succession? 
I have, yes. Has it made people knowing how to say your name a little bit easier? Because one of the characters on there is named Siobhan. Yes. So anytime somebody says my name correctly the first time, I my follow-up question is like, what show are you getting it from? Because this isn't the first, because, you know, before Succession, um, Mayor of Easttown, there's yes. a Siobhan on there. Right. Um, there was a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Um, there was? There was a Siobhan really? on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So. She wasn't very popular. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's funny. I go into um, my local smoothie place here, and the manager makes the same joke to me every time about Which Succession. Which is? Oh, about um, succession. About succession. He's like, he'll he'll say, like, have you seen succession? And I'm like, we have this conversation every single time I come in here. Yes, I have yes. seen succession. Yes. And no, I do not go by Shiv. <laughs> that was gonna be my follow-up question because in our house, calling you Shiv would not have gone over. No. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, like it never would have even occurred to me that that would be a nickname yeah. off of Siobhan, but yeah. you know, trust the Royce. Yes. Succession to come up with that. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I've just been meaning to ask you that forever yeah. and it just never comes up in other times. Um, so anyway, so what we're here for today is um, to talk about a social media detox. So you just wrote another article that is quickly blowing up as well about the fact that you went on a 30 day social media detox. And the only reason I knew you were doing this was because you were not responding to a group family uh, message on Facebook between uh, you, me, our brother, and our uh -huh. Fitzpatrick cousins to celebrate the 90th birthday yes. of our Aunt Enda. <laughs> and so everybody had responded for this like, you know, this lame Zoom thing we were doing for her birthday because we yes. couldn't be there in person to celebrate <laughs> her in Ireland. And you were not responding. So I started texting you and I was asking you like, are you going to be on this or not? And you're like, I'm yeah. on the detox. I'm nice. like, from what? what? <laughs> Everyone else? But it had to do with the fact that you had done a, a 30 day social media detox. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, your brother-in-law, my husband, uh, told me when I started this, you know, you should announce that you're doing a detox. Otherwise, people are going to think something really bad has happened to you because you're usually on social media. And if you suddenly disappear, people are going to have questions. You know what? He yeah. was probably, <laughs> probably right. right. <laughs> probably right. But then it also kind of has the feel of like, you know, bringing more attention. And I don't know, yeah. what are people going to say? Good luck. You know, Good it's, luck. Kind of, it's kind of weird <laughs> anyway. But uh, as, as it turns out, we got you on the call and all was always yes. good for our Worked out. Know, somewhat, somewhat strange Zoom land yeah. celebration of her birthday. But where did this whole concept of doing the detox come from and why? So, so the last two years, I have not felt predictable. Uh, particularly productive. Okay. You I know, know we're in a pandemic, right? I know. And I, I'm not alone with that with, you know, everybody has felt that way the last two years with the pandemic, but I got towards the end of last year and I thought, you know, I'm going to do something about this. So I did two things. The first thing I did, I went month by month over the last two years and came up with a list of things that I had accomplished professionally in my legal practice or in my writing career and came up with a list of just everything I had done. And then the other thing I did was I tracked my time for the last month of the year. Um, I'm a lawyer. I bill by the hour. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm used to tracking no, time. It's I'm not, afraid to ask what this conversation's costing I know, me it's right not, now. I know. <laughs> Friend, <laughs> friends and family discount. Um, I, I'm used to tracking my time. So that, that wasn't a particularly hard thing for me to do. Um, but what I saw was um, my product, my productivity 
steadily went down as the pandemic progressed. And as my productivity went down, my use of social media was going up. So um, by pro- couple sidebars, by productivity, are you talking about your creative pursuits, like, like work type stuff? Or are you talking yeah. about folding laundry? Because I know I've folded more laundry than I okay. have in the last two yeah. years. Yeah, I, I, and I, I should have clarified that. I am not, I'm not including anything that involves taking care of the house or taking care of the kids. I, I have folded a lot of laundry in the last two years as well. Um, I was just considering um, how many clients had I brought on Um, How much money had I made? And for my more creative pursuits, how many blog posts or meaningful social media posts had I written during that two-year period? Okay. And then how did you gauge the social media usage? Because I feel like the trackers that are on your phone aren't super active. They're horrifying, but not necessarily super active. Yeah. Well, I started- Probably not the most reliable, but the funny thing is um, over like the last, I'd say six or seven months, I started dreading Sunday at 10 a.m. Because Sunday at 10 a.m. is when your iPhone buzzes you with your uh, screen report, screen usage report for the previous week. And it, I would hear that ding and I'd be like, <laughs> it's, it was like this reminder, oh, wow, you really didn't use your time very well last week. Interesting. Because it, it puts out like how much time you spent on Facebook, how much time did you spend on Instagram? Okay. And um, it was a lot of time. So that part of it tended to be pretty reliable. And I guess if you're using uh-huh. the same metric week after week, right. then at least you're getting you know, a trend in mm-hmm. either direction. Right. Okay. So where, how did you say like, I'm going cold Turkey or did you get assigned to do that? You know, my, my goal was I need to use my time more wisely. Um, and I thought I could make 10 different changes right now, or why don't I try to just change one thing that I'm doing and see what happens after a month. So I chose the one thing being social media. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so what was the first 24 hours like, and did you take everything off your phone or did you just like really give yourself the permission to resist the apps? So I took all of the apps off my phone. Um, the first 24 hours were kind of funny because at any time I felt the way spit board or had a few minutes of downtime, my phone would, my hand would automatically reach for my phone. Like it, my hand was twitchy. Like it was just, I was so conditioned to reach for my phone for entertainment. Um, and I would stop myself and like consciously have to think, okay, what am I going to do now for the next two minutes <laughs> instead <laughs> of just scrolling through Facebook? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it almost sounds like when you give up coffee, you give up, you know, like diet Coke, you give up sugar, you've got that, right. like, you're just so used to it. Right. It's just a habit. Um, the other funny feeling was I felt like somebody had left the house, which sounds kind of strange, but I think, you know, we get, we do get something out of the social interactions that we have on Facebook or Instagram. I won't call it, they're they're not friendships, like friends that you have in real life, but you do get a social benefit from it. And it was almost like somebody had left the house. How long did it take before the twitching stopped? Oh, it never stopped. It was there. (laughs) Wow. The fold, like even on like day 30, I still like would 
catch myself reaching for my phone, which was funny. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like I couldn't control myself, but my, I would just see my hand go out for the phone and be like, nope, I got something else I could be doing right now. Deep seated. I know that they say that at least right now, um, social media is not an official diagnosis addiction, but it's hard not to argue that it's a pretty strong habit. That's tough to break. Yeah, I, I put it more in the habit um, category. I, I mean, addiction is a serious issue. Um, I definitely felt uncomfortable um, because something that I had used throughout my day that helped me get throughout my day was no longer there. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't liken it to like a drug or an alcohol addiction. Right. And to be fair, I would not describe you as somebody who I would have thought was on there that much because you're not right. one of those, like I'm having um, a turkey sandwich for lunch kind of people. Like you don't post. Not. You're not a big, you're not a prolific poster at all. You're not a right. me kind of a person at all. Um, but it, you're probably like a lot of us, just like a thumb scroller, just, you know, fill in the time, which I think might even be a little bit more challenging because at least then it, because it's so passive, it's such passive stuff. Right. Um, Okay. So you, there were some big gains, however, that started happening. What were the big gains that you started noticing? Like the wins? So the, the biggest win is in my writing, my productivity went through the roof. Um, I normally write maybe one, shorter post a month. And I, in that 30 day period, I wrote 3000 word posts, which for me is incredible. Um, my reading increased. I got through like six books instead of one. Um, I've gotten very good at Wordle. (laughs) (laughs) You and the rest of them. I know I can get it on the second or third try, the second or third try now. Um, and I also kind of rediscover things that do give me joy and satisfaction. Like I used to always do the New York times crossword puzzle every single day. Um, and I just got out of the habit of doing that. Um, and I picked it back up again, um, during my 30 day detox and it was nice. Like I'd forgotten like how much I enjoy doing that every day. Um, I got in the habit of carrying a journal with me everywhere that I went. So if I did have like 20 minutes, I just, sit down and write. Like, even if it was just kind of coming up with lists of like things I'd like to do or ideas for things that I'd like to write. Um, I feel like I picked up some good habits. That's interesting, but you yeah. didn't, it's not like you gave up the phone because you still, I know you read off a of Kindle. So you were still right. using the phone for other things. It was just these specific apps, which, you know, for what it's worth are designed to do exactly what they were doing just to keep you busy and on them. Mm -hmm. So those are some great wins. What were the losses other than almost missing the zoom for the 90th birthday? The, you know, missing that zoom for the 90th birthday would have been like catastrophic. (laughs) Thank you for making sure (laughs) double checking with me, uh, making sure that I was aware that it was going on. Um, you know, I missed out on a lot of things going on at the kids' schools. Um, they tend to post like a lot of pictures of the kids and their activities, um, and reminders of things that are coming up. Um, I definitely missed out on cultural trends. Um, your brother-in-law kept asking me like, did you see this meme? Did you see this meme? Have you heard about (laughs) And I'm like, nope, haven't seen it, haven't heard about it. Um, And, you know, in addition to almost missing out on the Zoom call, um, I also missed out on like real paying work because I do have some clients that 
contact me through direct messaging on like Facebook or Instagram. And, you know, I didn't realize that when you shut off your, when you delete those apps from your phone, you're also deleting the ability to receive direct messages. So So that, um, so that to me is really interesting because the idea of going off of all this stuff entirely Mm -hmm. may not be very practical in this age that we're in right now, because there are personal and professional consequences. Not only is you know, your social media uh, history, you know, part of your search when you go for a new job, mm-hmm. but it might be the way that you find that job in the first place. It's, it's how you network these days. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's how, you know, who's looking for a job. Um, if you're looking to hire somebody, it's one, you know, it's, it's definitely one of the resources that you're going to use to find someone. Yeah. All right. So you, you wrote that you learned four things. Let's start with the first one. Um, spoiler alert, social media is addictive. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Really blowing up the world on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I, I think for me, it was definitely, um, not exercising self-control when it came to how much time I was using on social media. Again, I wouldn't call it addiction. I wouldn't call it addiction in a traditional sense, like alcohol or drugs, but it, I was definitely not exercising self-control. Number two, it can trigger some bad feelings. Yes. Um, this one I found really surprising. Um, so you as my sister know that I am an introvert, um, despite being a lawyer, I try to avoid confrontation. Um, Which is really, really it is. weird. Really it is, strange. It is weird. It is strange. Um, but one thing that I did find getting sucked into is any, you know, if I would see like a negative post or a comment on social media, I would feel the need to like jump in with like, a, you know, my counter to it. Um, and one funny way that this would happen is I am in like a local mom's Facebook group. And I would say 99% of the posts are what you would expect moms to post about, you know, looking for babysitters or, you know, I need an Egyptian costume in a size eight for a school play. Does anybody have one that I can in nine minutes In in nine minutes, you know, there was this one mom who would periodically just throw in a post that was super negative. Like she would, you know, say all people in this subset of people are sort of negative adjective, Mm. just like totally out of nowhere. And looking back on it, she could have just been doing this for fun. Like she she may have been entertaining herself. Yeah, She may have been entertaining herself, you know, but I would take it personally and think, well, if I'm in this group and people know I'm in this group and I don't react to her post, then I, it's going to look like I agree with what she's saying. And so well, let me I, tell you two things. I'm not a lawyer, but I do play one on TV sometimes. Yes. And I'm, <laughs> most of my relations seem to be lawyers. Yeah. Don't engage. Don't I know. Engage yes. That stuff. It's not worth your time. And then the second thing is if you're having those thoughts, like I should say something, there's always someone else who will take that bait. So that's or true. Maybe yeah. Don't be on that page. Yeah. So I do, I could see that, that, that would be one of those things. You're right. Getting into those situations does tend to make you feel bad. 
Um, Number three was you are already probably communicating with the people who you really want to talk to outside of social media. Like pick up the phone. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny, like the people that you really do consider friends, the people that you would call if you really needed something, you're already texting with them on a regular basis. Like if I go through my message app on my phone, you know, there's at least five different groups of people that I regularly text with. So like the people I consider friends, family, I knew what was going on in their lives because I communicate with them outside social media. I don't need to scroll through Facebook or Instagram to see what they're up to. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And then number four, um, it is hard yet borderline impossible to stay off. And we kind of touched on that one. Yeah. Um, you know, just for practicality these days, it's really difficult to say, I'm not yeah. going to communicate that way. Um, so I guess what I would wonder now is what are the techniques to maybe lessen or control how much time you spend on those apps? Well, one thing I'm doing now before I go on to Facebook or Instagram, I am asking myself, what is the purpose for me right now in this minute to go on social media? And if the answer is I need to be entertained for two minutes or five minutes while I wait for something, that's an acceptable answer, but I need to set a timer on my phone so that two minutes doesn't extend longer than what I intended to be. I love that one. Yeah. I love that. What's something else you're doing? Um, I'm always trying to have something with me that can provide entertainment other than social media. So I've gotten into the habit of carrying a journal with me. Um, when I, look through the paper in the morning, I pull out the New York times crossword puzzle first thing, and that goes into my purse and that's with me all day long. And I also always have my Kindle with me. So if I do have, you know, five or 10 minutes, I can read a book. Love that. Um, I have a couple of things that I might throw in there. One is never post in real time that like forces you to, yeah, that forces you to really think about it before Mm -hmm. you put it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's safer spoiler, you know, like to not let people know exactly where you are at that time. Mm -hmm. And it just tends to like, give you like a little time to go, "Mm, do I really want to share that picture? Maybe Mm -hmm. not. Or to think about it more in terms of like content Mm -hmm. for your brand, for your business, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, another one that I would suggest because social media is part of my job description, Mm -hmm. treat social media, like you would treat your job. You probably wouldn't Mm -hmm. do your job clocking in 20 hours a day. So mm-hmm. maybe designate certain times of the day, make mm-hmm. it more transactional to borrow your word, right. um, where you say like, I'm going to, this is the time I'm going to open to respond to see, did I get any of those messages? Like the ones you were mentioning that you had missed mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just maybe have like morning and evening. So they don't feel like you're completely left out, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit more manageable and you got the rest of the day in between. Right. And then the third one that I would say is never start the day scrolling. Don't let the Mm, very first thing that you do be like picking up the phone and just randomly scrolling because, and this is what I always tell myself. Every time I do that, I make Mark Zuckerberg a little bit richer and he's got plenty of money Mm -hmm. and I don't want to make him any richer. Mm -hmm. So I have really tried to do that in the last, you know, I don't even know how long um, to not make that the very first thing that I do, because Mm -hmm. you're right, you do lose track of time. And I work such weird hours that the last thing I need to do is lose track of time at 2.45 in the morning, because that's just bizarre. (laughs) And then my fourth one would be maybe just kind of start small, like take a day off, 
take the weekend off or if you're on vacation, give yourself like the gift of like turning everything off for a little while mm-hmm. and really just kind of being in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's good advice. I'd also say don't have social media be the last thing you do at night as well, because oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it. you know, book it cause sleep is very important and you know, you hate to lose out on an hour of sleep just because you were scrolling through social media. Right. Now, the irony, of course, is you've been sharing the link to this article on, say it with me, social media. Social media. Um, (laughs) What has the reaction been like from people? Um, I think, I think there have been some people who've been surprised that somebody who considers herself a blogger and an influencer would ever consider going off social media, even for like half a day. I've I've had that reaction. Um, The other reaction is that's just too long. 30 days is just too long to be out of the loop. Um, yeah. Which ironically you would actually probably agree with at this point. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I, I think it was 30 days was too long. Um, but, um, it was definitely an eye opening experience. Yeah, it sure is. Well, it's, um, I'm glad you've like rejoined us in the world virtual and otherwise. <laughs> Glad you answered your text that day when I let you know that yes. you were about to miss the big birthday party on Zoom, <laughs> which actually was quite fun, I must say. It was fun, um, yeah. And thanks for giving, giving us something to think about. What are some good ways to keep up with all these articles that you're writing now that your creativity <laughs> is back? My creativity is back. So I am at the law mother on social media, on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. You can also find my blog, uh, Lex Motter. Um, www.lexmodder.com. And then I also write for the Dallas Moms blog. And then real quickly, just a sidebar, um, people might be surprised to find out that, you know, you have this kind of serious job. You actually have a new job doing um, more, more lawyering yes. with the tech company. That's <laughs> one of the things you accomplished when you were off of social media for 30 I did. I, I got a job. <laughs> Yeah. So a a little less time for, you know, Instagram. Um, but I think people might be surprised to find out that you do do this stuff on the side, that you do blog, that you have then become kind of a mom influencer on the side. Uh Can you just real quickly talk about what it is about that, that gives you this outlet that makes everything else, I think better or more interesting. Why is that creative thing so important? Um, being a lawyer can, obviously be a really stressful job. Um, I spend a lot of my day reading and writing and sometimes it's not terribly interesting. Sometimes it's very technical and it's hard to get through and just being able to sit down and write whatever I want. And, you know, nobody's looking for the, the gotcha. She, Oh, she missed this provision or, um, you know, her grammar is not perfect. Um, it's just so freeing. I think, you know, it's very, writing as a lawyer is so restrictive, um, and just being able to sit down and write whatever I want, whatever pops into my head is just a great experience. Yeah. I just think it it really speaks to having a hobby period outside of whatever day job is. It's really great to do something else. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining again. Appreciate it. What are you working on next? (laughs) Trying to get used to my new job. Uh, <laughs> um, I am working on an ebook is my, my latest, uh, creative challenges, kind of the legal side of blogging and social media. Oh, perfect. That's a great idea. Yeah. Great idea. All right. Thank you, Siobhan. Not Shiv. Not Shiv. 
not shiv. shiv. Never shiv. Mm-mm. Yes. Shivs are bad in general. Bad. In general. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Did you ever read the Malcolm Gladwell book where he talked about 10,000 hours and how it was the amount of time that it typically took to become good at something? whether it's playing basketball as Michael Jordan or maybe reading out loud if you're a news anchor like me. Well, Forbes had an article here recently that tracked social media use and concluded that Americans are spending an average of 1,300 hours on social media each year. And it came from a group called U-Switch. They're the ones who did the tracking. Um, Even if that number is off, by a little or a lot, it's still a big number, like a really big number, especially if you think about Malcolm Gladwell's theory that it takes 10,000 hours to get good in anything. Um, And in that article, and I'll link this on some of my social media that I use to promote this podcast, Facebook led the way with us spending an average of 58 minutes a day on Facebook, 325 hours a year. Um, But it did tend to change when you went to younger users who, no surprise, are spending their time on TikTok. Listen, I don't think you can get away from all of it. I really don't. But can we change how we use it? Can we change our relationship with it? Can we make it more transactional, as Siobhan was suggesting? Yeah, I think we probably can. I know I can. And uh, that's something I'm going to be working on this year. Thanks for listening today. And if you have a moment when you are on social media, would you share the episode? (laughs) That would be a little bit of an oxymoron, a little bit hypocritical, but super important to help the show grow. And if you could also leave us a rating or review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now, that would be awesome as well. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Dying Desk Podcast.